What's going on, guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Saturday, so time to go over the latest news around the league, as well as take a look at who is moving up draft boards the most. We'll start off with the biggest risers, or what do you know, same list as last week, besides like one or two names, but pretty much the same players we've been going over are the biggest risers. Brian Robinson, Isaiah Pacheco, Damian Pierce, George Pickens, Isaiah McKenzie, Romeo Dubs, all make the list, all up around with Brian Robinson being the largest riser going up two rounds this last week. So how are we feeling about all these players at their new ADPs? Because these are very, very important picks later in drafts. Like these are the guys that you should probably be targeting in rounds eight through 15 is this group of people. So what do we think about their new ADPs? Um, I will go in order of new ADP. And so we'll start off with Damian Pierce. He's now the 30th running back off boards, a just insane rise over the last month now going in the mid eighth round i have moved him up to the running back 24 listed him as a seventh round pick on underdog an early sixth rounder in redraft and so i am still in on him at his adp i would be extremely surprised if i moved him up any higher in the ranking so some of these players maybe if we get a few more positive reports i might move him up i would say i've pretty much maxed out where I can put Damian Pierce. This is basically as high as he can possibly go in the rankings. And so right now, I think the ADP is really, really solid. You should probably be, still be like targeting him on underdog and redraft leagues. If you're drafting this weekend, you should probably be trying to get Damian Pierce onto your roster. And I do think the ADP will start to slow down. He's not going to make it into like the fourth, the fifth round. I don't think he's even going to make it into the sixth round. So you're still trying to get him as close as possible to ADP, but if we're a little bit before ADP on Damian Pierce, I am totally fine drafting him. If he's top running back available in the rankings, I would draft him. Uh, he's probably going to be like, I would guess, a seventh round pick in this coming week. So maybe for those of you who are drafting on like Labor Day weekend, he's probably going to be a little bit more expensive, but I mean, he's the locked in running back one on the Texans right now. They have very, very little talent behind him. Like, it's locked in. They rested him in that second preseason game, and they're basically like, listen, we know he's the guy. We're trying to figure out who it is behind him. So there's not even a clear number two. Uh, it's not a done deal that he's going to be like a featured running back or anything like that. But when we have a rookie that is already locked into this level of workload, they become a fantastic pick in the middle rounds. Next by ADP is George Pickens. He is now the 50th wide receiver off boards going in the early 10th round right now. I have him ranked as the 46th wide receiver, giving him a mid 9th round grade on underdog, late 9th round grade in redraft league. So I still think he is a very slight value, but that value is closing up very quickly and there's only so much more I can really move him up as well. Hopefully he does nothing. Hopefully, honestly, he has a bad final preseason game. And so people can chill out a little bit. Um, I believe they play on Sunday. So even you guys watching this video, remember I record these Thursday afternoon. So there are some bits of news that I'm just not going to go over now. We'll go over those on the Tuesday videos. Um, and there's going to be some preseason games that happen between now and when you guys are watching this. But I'm pretty sure uh, they play on Sunday. So no one watching this, at least if you watch it that day, is going to know. Let's all cross our fingers, hope that he doesn't score a touchdown, doesn't really do anything, and people can kind of chill out. Maybe his ADP can come back a little bit. Um, but if he goes out there, you know, and he has a really nice catch, 
He has a few targets. He catches a touchdown. He's probably going to jump up yet another round. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that he's a really good pick. I'm not going to start taking him in like round eight, but you know, if he's there in like round nine, round 10, around his ADP, if you want a wide receiver, he's topping the rankings. I have no issues taking him. Very clearly talented. Very clearly locked into a large role on the Steelers offense. Next up, Romeo Dubs. He is the 58th wide receiver off boards going in the mid-11th round right now. He's my wide receiver 50, and I still have him ranked as about one round of value. Uh, Rogers recently said that he's basically going to be held to a different standard than the other rookies have, and other rookies have historically as well. And it's just wild how many plays he's been able to make in camp. Now, he has not been perfect. He's run like the incorrect route at times. He hasn't been on the same page as Rodgers. And so Rodgers doesn't have like 100% trust in him. And I honestly do think they might open the season, which is like all veterans at wide receiver. Like we could see a first snap from the Packers this year of Sammy Watkins. Well, Alan Lazard is the one, obviously. That's just going to happen. So Lazard is the one. And then Watkins on the outside as well with Randall Cobb in the slot. And I don't want everyone to panic if that does happen. Maybe it happens to start the game, but they're very quickly going to rotate in these rookies, especially Romeo Dubs being their best rookie right now. And by the first couple of weeks, you have to imagine Dubs is going to be taking over. So again, don't freak out if there's any reports that like Watkins could be starting, that Cobb could be starting. Uh, by the first few weeks, by midpoint of the season, Dubs is going to have a role in this offense, and you're not drafting him to play in week one. Like Unless your team is atrocious, He's not your starting wide receiver, so you don't need him to have like a 100% snap share in week one. But I just wanted to point that out because it is a possibility that they go with the veterans to start the season, uh, but Dubs is a really good pick still right now. Uh, next by ADP is Brian Robinson, who again is the biggest riser this week. Uh, he is now the 41st running back off the board, and he also goes in the mid-11th round. I have him ranked as running back 37, late 10th round grade on underdog, and a 9th round grade in redraft leagues just because of how value changes the running back position for those formats. Um, and it's worth noting that I have Gibson one spot behind Brian Robinson now as running backs 37 and 38. So I do think you should be taking Brian Robinson ahead of Antonio Gibson. And it really does seem like he's the better fit for this offense right now. Um, I was honestly not sold on Robinson's talent coming out of college, but seeing him play in the preseason, seeing the reports from camps, he looks like their lead back at this point. Now they're still going to use McKissick on third downs. Gibson's going to rotate in plenty on early downs. So Gibson's ADP is tanking. In a week, this dude's going to be going in like the 100s for picks. And I think Gibson's going to get to the point where he's a value. Like if something happened to Brian Robinson, I mean, Gibson's soon going to be turned into like the handcuff in fantasy. And we know Gibson has plenty of upside. So I'm not just writing Gibson off as like a terrible pick because his ADP is going to get really, really late. But Brian Robinson's their lead back. He's probably their short yardage and goal line back. And while the receptions aren't going to be massive, it, like he, he deserves to be where he's going. If he's going to get a ton of carries with touchdowns, goal line usage, and a few targets mixed in, you have to be taking him at this new ADP, and you have to be taking him even earlier than that. So I'm still in on him at the new ADP. Again, I do think he deserves to be going ahead of Gibson. That doesn't mean if Gibson craters to like 130 in your league, take him because it's going to get to the point where like even if he's a quote-unquote handcuff 
Gibson's still talented, and Gibson can still produce in this offense if given the opportunity. But again, Robinson should be first in the rankings. Uh, after Gibson, we have Isaiah McKenzie, and the take on him is exact same as it's been like the last month, but definitely the same as last week. Uh, the ADP is rising, but it's not rising fast enough, so keep drafting him. He won the slot role, and to start the summer, when we were talking about him, we're like, okay, he can win the slot role, but he's not going to be out there every snap. But if you noticed, and I don't remember if it happened in preseason week one, but definitely in week two, he's been working on the outside. And so now the upside is way higher because before it was like, okay, you have uh, Diggs on the outside, you have Gabriel Davis on the outside, and maybe they like rotate, you know, other guys in, but um, Isaiah McKenzie was going to be the slot receiver. But now if he's also going to be playing like back up on the outside, well, in the few snaps that Diggs takes off, McKenzie can go take his spot in the few snaps that Davis takes off. McKenzie can take his snaps. And then, of course, I mean, they're going to be running, you know, three, four wide receivers plenty of the time. And so McKissick's going to have a much higher snap share than we originally expected, which is a big boost to not only his potential touchdown, just being on the field more, but those targets, those receptions. And it's just going to give him a much higher floor and a much higher weekly ceiling as well. And then what happens if Gabriel Davis gets hurt, if Stephon Diggs gets hurt? Now we know McKenzie can be locked into like, you know, a 90 plus percent snap share, which we didn't think was in the cards before. So he is a phenomenal pick. I'm fine taking him in round nine on underdog, round 10 in redraft leagues. Like you just have to be overweight on McKenzie this season. After McKenzie, we have Isaiah Pacheco. And this is the first one that I semi don't agree with. You know, most of the time when people are rising in ADP. It's deserved. I mean, the vast majority of the time, it's because, oh, look, their role is significantly better than we thought before. They should be going earlier. And usually, players' value will jump from, like, you know, a 12th-round value to, like, a ninth-round value. And it's going to take them a month to actually see that ADP rise that quickly. They don't rise overnight. And so most of the time, when players rise in ADP, it is deserved. But sometimes it goes a little bit too far, and I feel like that's happened with Pacheco here. Derek Gore went on IR. Ronald Jones is probably getting cut, and so I think that has people gaining a lot of confidence in Pacheco. But I have that factored into the projections. Like I have, I had zero carries for Gore before he was on IR, so he's getting no work. Obviously, he's done for the year. And then I had Ronald Jones projected to be cut, having zero carries and zero targets. So I already have all of this factored in. And still, Pacheco only comes out to the running back 49. He's 47 now by ADP. So it's not a huge difference, and you can still definitely get him. And I think in a lot of your hometown leagues, uh, especially if you're, like, drafting today, you're using, like, ESPN default rankings with people who are, like, semi-paying attention. The odds are he's going to go pretty late in the draft. And, like, you know, he's going this early on underdog when people are paying. They're paying attention. Like, they're in on the news. In very casual leagues, he's probably going much later than this. So don't think this is me saying you can't draft him. But as the 47th running back off boards, like we know Clyde is the one. We know McKinnon is going to be used as like a passing down specialist. And that Pacheco's had a good camp, uh, but he definitely hasn't had a perfect camp. There's definitely been plays where um, some like film experts have broken it down. It's like, ah, like that wasn't, you know, a fantastic cut. Like that wasn't exactly the whole. Um, there was that one clip of uh, Mahomes where like, Pacheco runs into this like crowd of people and Mahomes is sitting there like, what are you doing? Pointing to the side. Like there was a very clear opening for a touchdown. So remember that he still wasn't like a super highly sought after prospect. There's still a world where he isn't like fantastic. And so this is not a Brian Robinson situation. We'll say that like Clyde is still the number one running back. They're still going to have McKinnon on passing downs and Pacheco still just like a handcuff. And I think 
people are taking him a little bit too early. So I'm fine with it, but a little too early. And then the final name, uh, at least the final old name for new players, is Alec Pierce. Um, actually, he wasn't one of the bigger risers last week, but we had talked about him last week as someone who should have been a biggest riser. We figured was going to be this week, and now he is. He's up to the wide receiver 75, going in the 14th round. Um, he is locked into three wide receiver sets for sure. That's locked in. But he may already be ahead of Paris Campbell as the second wide receiver on this roster. And let's be honest, I love Paris Campbell. You guys know that. I love his talent. I would love it if he could stay healthy all season. I think he'd be really good. And I think he's a good late round pick. But he struggled mightily staying healthy over his career. And there is definitely a chance that he suffers another injury this season. And if that happens, now it's a 100% certainty that Alec Pierce is just locked into like, you know, 90% snap share. And he shouldn't be going this late. If that's a possibility on a very above average offense, someone who's going to see work deep downfield, again, 14th round, that's a throwaway round. Like this, that's so late in the draft. If you'd be getting a potential number two wide receiver on a really good team with a downfield role, like I said, I mean, that's too good a value to pass up. Again, I like Paris Campbell, and I think Paris Campbell is going to get a lot of work on this offense while he's healthy, but when's he healthy? So I think you should definitely be drafting him. As for the new risers, this week we have Isaiah Likely and Chase Edmonds. Uh, so gone are the days. Do you remember like earlier in the summer when we were just trying to figure out why Edmonds was dropping? Like there was like three consecutive weeks where we're like, I don't know what happened. Edmonds is down five or six more spots. He's going, I think at one point he was going in the 11th round and we were like, what is happening? There's no negative news. People just don't like Edmonds. Like, I don't know what that's, I don't know what that was about. Um, but Likely now goes in the 17th round. Edmonds is all the way up into the seventh round. Uh, I talked about Likely about two weeks ago as one of my favorite 18th round picks. And let's be honest, there's no real difference between the 18th round and the 17th round. So he's still a phenomenal pick that late. Um, but I want to caution all of you redraft only people out there, especially those of you who have been asking recently, like, should I be definitely targeting Likely as like a tight end sleeper? You know, maybe taking him like the 14th, 15th round. Cause I mean, realistically, most redraft leagues only go like 16, 17 total rounds, maybe taking defense and kicker last. So like, your last skill player pick is probably around like 14 or 15. Likely is a great best ball pick. Fantastic on underdog. I still think you should be targeting him aggressively there and being overweight there. But that's because he's probably going to have a few spiked weeks. And you're fine, honestly, that late with like four or 500 yards and like four or five touchdowns. Like that is honestly fine production for him if you're taking him an underdog in like round 16, 17, 18. But the odds that you end up with him as your starting tight end in like an 8, 10, 12, even like a 14-team redraft league that's non-tight end premium, it's pretty low. He's still a rookie. He's still behind Mark Andrews. I know they're going to use like two, three tight end sets, but he's still behind Mark Andrews. So at best, he's the third most targeted player on their offense. Likely, I would say uh, that he's like the fourth most targeted player. And it's not a high volume offense as well. So you're really hoping it's lucky with touchdowns. It just feels like a situation where like if you're drafting in redraft leagues and you're going up against multiple teams, okay, that have Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Waller, Kittle, Hawkinson, Schultz, Goddard. Like I've already gotten to eight. And for you to have Isaiah Likely going up against them, you do need to understand that you're going to be at a significant disadvantage in basically every single matchup. Like the odds that 
he's significantly better than some of these tight ends going ahead of him is pretty low. So if you want to double dip, uh, maybe you have a league with like a deeper bench. You know, you have 17 or 18 total rounds. You want to take him with like Jonu Smith, him with uh, David Njoku, someone like that, him with Irv Smith. I think that's totally fine to use as your double dip. Uh, or if you really wanted to like grab an elite tight end and you're like, I do still want to back up, take him. I think that's fine. Just go in that with the understanding that like he's very unlikely to be someone you start. And the odds are you're better off just using that pick on, you know, a running back handcuff or a high upside wide receiver because it just it feels unlikely that he's going to be the guy you lean on. Uh, as for Edmonds, no real like news about him. I think people are just gaining confidence because it's pretty clear he's going to be the lead back. Uh, no one thinks that, you know, Raheem Mostert's going to come in here and command like 50% of the team's carries. And so when you do with the projections and you looked at like, if you were to give Chase Edmonds 40% of the team's running back carries, he projects as like a fifth round pick. So understand that he doesn't need that many carries and he doesn't even need that many targets. There's having the combination of both of those, the potential touchdowns in this offense. He just grades out as a really, really good pick. If you want a super in-depth take on him, I did the video where I compared him to A.J. Dillon or Mondre Stevenson um, last Thursday, so not this one that just happened, the one before that, so you can check that out. But I really like Chase Edmonds. I think this offense is underrated, and I think even with this rise, I would continue drafting him, especially in full PPR formats. He's a stud in full PPR. So that's it for the risers, uh, at least the most important ones. Let's go over the news last week. Not anything crazy that happened, but I think it's important to kind of touch on different things that happened. Uh, remember, I record this. It's actually 11.14 a.m. on Thursday. So anything that happens after that, I do not know of. I'm not adding to the video. Uh, we can just talk about it. You can ask me on the Discord. Um, everyone who has on on the website gets access to Discord. Ask me over there or ask me during the Tuesday night live stream, which will be at 6.30 this week, not 8 o'clock. I have a draft at 8, so we have to do it at 6.30. So the news. Cowboys offensive lineman Tyron Smith uh, suffered like a, a knee slash hamstring. It's actually a pretty gruesome injury. The hamstring like detached from the knee. I don't know. It sounds awful. Um, he's probably out until at least December, but it sounds like it could be the entire season. Obviously, this is bad news for the entire Cowboys offense. It doesn't mean you just can't draft Cowboys players or anything like that, but it's basically a slight downgrade to anyone. Um, I haven't done the rankings yet, but I'm going to go into the projections and just give very slight efficiency downgrades to a couple different players. But again, it's very small. Some players might not even move in the rankings, um, but it caps maybe the upside of some players, and it just kind of hurts the weekly floor because it just hurts the offensive line, and that's going to hurt the ground game. It's going to hurt the passing attack because you have less time to throw. So it's a negative, uh, but it's not like the end of the world. Uh, watch out for news out of Arizona surrounding Daryl Williams. It's been a pretty impossible situation to fully get a feel on this summer, but identifying who the handcuff is going to be behind James Conner is going to be very important. That player is going to have a role in the offense and going to have upside in fantasy. There have been some reports that Williams could get cut and that would open the door for, you know, Benjamin to be the number two in a pretty clear pass catching role. And that offense, I have no idea what to think of this situation. I have no idea how to rank these two. I thought for a while that it was Williams. Then there were reports that Eno was playing well. And so I kind of flipped it a little bit. And then more reports that it could be Williams. Now there's a report that Williams could get cut. Like, I have no idea what to think. We just got to see who makes the final roster. We also need to see who the other cuts are. What if uh, we know Kenyon Drake, we'll talk about that in a second, 
he was cut? What if he rejoins the team? What if Ronald Jones gets signed? Like, there are just a number of different things that could happen to where it's like, at this point, I'm kind of pumping the brakes on everyone. I'm saying, let's see who gets cut. Let's see who gets added. Let's see what this final roster is. Then I'll re- reevaluate the like later round running backs on this team. If I had to guess, I'm thinking it's Eno, and I'm thinking they don't sign someone. But it honestly, like I have less than 50%, 50% confidence in that guess. I have no idea what's going to happen. Darren Waller is struggling through that hamstring injury again. And while Josh McDaniel said that he's not concerned, he also couldn't confirm that Waller would be out there in week one, which has me concerned, even if he is not. I talked about before how if he returned from the injury and then effectively suffered a setback and couldn't go back out there, I would be out on him. And that's kind of what happened. They're not calling it a setback, but like he's not practicing and he did return to practice. So what else are you going to call it? Um, So I did drop Waller in the rankings. I did not tank him and I am still fine drafting him, but I did move him down closer to his ADP. uh, And I believe in most formats, I moved Kittle ahead of him, though there are so many different formats. I moved him down in half PPR scoring. Um, I think in standard scoring as well, Kittle is now uh, the tight end four, but you just got to check your like scoring format, exactly what it happens to be. I just dropped him in the rankings. Um, but I still want a top five tight end, and I'm still comfortable drafting Waller and Kittle in round five if they are there. So this doesn't have me out on drafting him. Um, I think if you draft Waller, you can now be more likely to take or more willing to take a backup tight end. And it's really just a situation where it's like, if it does take them a little bit of time to fully get over this and you do need to start that backup, it's not the end of the world because we're playing for the championship. And like if he can get 100% healthy by like week four, week five, week six, and he's out there performing really well, it's a huge positional advantage. You're not taking zeros if you can start a different tight end. But because he's got this lingering issue and it's going to be a lingering issue potentially all season, like unless he just shows up tomorrow and everyone says he's good to go, I think I have to move him down, and I might continue to move him down a little bit more. I still, uh, I just want to give like a, a full tight end take here. I still prefer the top three. So Kelsey, Andrews, and Pitts, I definitely prefer over Waller and Kittle, especially now just kind of looking over where you're getting them. There's still awesome wide receivers there. So I'm thinking the top three is what we're going with. And I much prefer Andrews and Piddle over Kelsey because in a lot of leagues, Kelsey goes in the first round, but if not the early second, like you at least get that little bit of a discount for uh, Andrews. But Pitts is my favorite. I would say if you had one tight end that you could leave your draft with every single time, I want it to be Kyle Pitts. He's an absolute freak. He's going to take a step forward this season. He can easily finish as a tight end one, and he's a little bit cheaper. He still allows you to start off running back, running back, because he's not going in the top two rounds. There's like a number of different you know spots you can take him, anywhere from like a mid to a late third round pick. Maybe he slips into the fourth round and you get super lucky there. But I just think if we're looking at one tight end, I want Kyle Pitts. And I feel like before, like Darren Waller was kind of thrown in there because his ADP was so low, but this hamstring injury has me concerned. So Pitts. Try and leave your draft with Pitts. If not, honestly, the double-dipping late is also a fine strategy, but Kyle Pitts. I want Kyle Pitts. Brandon Ayuk uh, continues to have an unbelievable camp. It's just so obvious that he's going to have a breakout season this year. Um, I have been cautioning people throughout the summer not to take him too high because I know this passing offense is going to be a little bit frustrating. We're going to watch it and be like, ah, there's so much potential here, but like Trey Lance is going to be an inconsistent passer at times. But he's a great pick in round six. 
and seven on underdog and just look at his ADP on other platforms. Like maybe I just didn't realize that like, like underdogs the gold standard for kind of where people should be going. Maybe they go a little bit earlier, like wide receivers because of the format, but like overall positionally where they should be going ESPN. I mean the ninth round for Brandon Ayuk, Yahoo ninth round sleeper, eighth round. Those are slam dunks. If you're playing on any of those platforms, get Ayuk on your roster. Those are, that's way too late for him. He's going to have a great year. Kenneth Walker had a procedure done and is expected to return by week one, but this has not been confirmed. And Pete Carroll is one of the biggest liars I've ever seen. Like, I'm not sure I've seen a human being lie more than Pete Carroll. Like, he, he never tells us the truth. And even he, at times, has been a little bit shaky on when Walker is going to return. So that has me pretty darn concerned. And so if, like, Walker is guaranteed to be missing significant time in camp, could miss regular season games. I mean, Rashad Penny is turning into a phenomenal player to target. He's going in the eighth or ninth round on every single platform. I'm thinking that's too late. Even if we only get a few weeks, like what if what if Walker misses the rest of camp, misses the first two weeks of the season, returns in week three? Well, that still means for two weeks, you've got a 20-plus touch running back in Rashad Penny. Even when Walker returns, he'll be coming off of an injury. He'll have missed a lot of camp. and It'll clearly be the two. Like we're just we're just gonna get Penny is the one. Eighth, ninth round in every platform, sign me up for that. I know he's got this injury history. I know I've been off him at times because he's only had like a few good games in his career, but he's the clear running back one. I don't care if the offense is terrible. If if Walker's gonna miss time, this is too late for a starting running back on literally any team. Gus Edwards, uh, well, he's gonna be opening up on the pup, meaning he's out for at least the first four weeks of the season. That's obviously good news for J.K. Dobbins, but I still want to point out that while Dobbins is not going to be opening on the pup, he's not even a lock to play in week one yet, so watch the news as far as that's concerned. It is obviously, like I said, a positive for Dobbins that Gus is definitely not playing over the first month because Dobbins is now like the clear number one running back. They don't really have someone else that's like going to challenge him for those touches, but I'm not really targeting Dobbins. He never really cratered too much in ADP. Uh, he doesn't catch passes. We still don't know how he's going to look. He's still not 100% recovered. And so it's it's unlikely that he goes out there, even in the first few weeks of the season, gets a full snap share. And so it feels more like a situation where there's such awesome wide receivers in that range. Take the wide receiver. Don't draft Dobbins. If you really love his talent, you love his potential, he's going to start slow. And if he happens to not score while also getting not many touches, and we know Dobbins is returning, that's going to be a phenomenal time for us to be like, hey, let's trade for him. Let's get him at like, you know, eighth, ninth round value, like quote unquote value. And maybe we can do that a little bit better than taking him in like the fifth or sixth round. So I'm drafting wide receiver still ahead of him, uh, but it's technically positive news for Dobbins. Uh, as I alluded to before, uh, the Raiders cut Kenyon Drake. This was not a surprise. We sort of saw the writing on the wall uh, for a few weeks, just given how they were, were using him, how they were talking about him. Like It was pretty clear he wasn't going to be on the team. People freaked out and it happened, though. I got a billion DMs asking if we should just be like picking up all the uh, Amir Abdullah. Like, no. I think I had, because it wasn't like 100% certain he was going to cut. So I think I had Drake projected for like 3 to 5% of the carries and maybe like 1% of the targets. So the rankings aren't going to change all that much, but like obviously I had to give that work to someone. Jacobs is still in a void for me. Zamir White is still an upside play. Still a handcuff. He's still behind Jacobs, but like, you know, Zamir White's a good pick. You guys have heard me talk about him plenty. 
Uh, he can catch the ball. He's a bowling ball when you give it to him. So he can be used at the goal line. Like he's just a very quality running back. I think they're going to use. And so great upside pick there. He doesn't get all that much better because again, Drake wasn't going to play that much. Um, yes, Abdullah gains value, but so does Brandon Bolden. They're both going to kind of be in that James White role. Like maybe they don't, maybe they just use Abdullah. But my thinking is they're going to rotate in Abdullah and Bolden to that role. And if neither of them are getting that many carries, neither of them are getting like goal line, neither of them are getting early down work. It's like you're splitting a James White role. And it's not like the James White role produces like running back one seasons, right? Like James White had one really good year, I think, when he had a bunch of receptions and touchdowns. But other than that, it's more of like an annoyance role. And so, no. And unless you're in a really deep format, full PPR, there's really no point of drafting Abdullah or Bolden. All right. Those are the biggest risers and the most important news over the last week. We can go over anything else that happens between noon on Thursday and next Tuesday during the Tuesday night live stream, which again is happening at 6.30 this week, not at 8 since I have a draft at 8 o'clock. If you draft today, good luck to all of you. And if you need rankings for that, you can sign up for instant access on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. Make sure you get the draft package or all in. Don't buy the dynasty package and then think you're getting draft information. It's very clear. Just read the page that you're buying something from. But if you need rankings, again, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. I'll be back tomorrow with my must-draft running backs Monday for another episode of Mock Draft Monday, the final episode of Mock Draft Monday this season. And then again, live 6.30 Eastern Tuesday night, do an underdog draft and go over any news that happened. That, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.